0: Hey guys, welcome back to our midweek Wadi College podcast. My name is Caroline Head. I'm a communications intern here at Watkinsville First Baptist Church. And today I've got Brooke Davis, our youth associate and intern coordinator, and Chip Chambers, that guy. (laughs)
1: No one's ever really sure why I'm
0: here. That's right. That's right. And he teaches with us on our teaching team at uh, CBS on Sunday mornings. And so today we are going to be talking a little bit about a concept. We started unpacking uh, this past Sunday morning from Ecclesiastes 3 about what it looks like to live in light of death. So Chip and Brooke are going to talk a little bit more about that today with us.
1: Yeah. So what we were looking at on Sunday was in Ecclesiastes 3, we see this picture of a time for everything and how God is orchestrating all of um, the times of our lives, the ups and the downs, um, and how God makes everything beautiful in its time. Uh, Solomon also seems to really wrestle in Ecclesiastes 3 with uh, death, and he's not completely sure what to do with it. He says that ultimately we face mortality just like the animals. Uh, We go into the dust like them, and Uh, he says, no one really knows what happens after that. Uh, we cheated a little bit by fast forwarding to Luke 12, where Jesus unpacks some of the same ideas. He he tells the parable of the rich man who built up big storehouses, uh, but then died the next day. Uh, and so it's a very, uh, similar idea to Ecclesiastes. You can build up all this stuff, uh, But you die, and it's all for nothing. But Jesus then introduces a new concept of being rich toward God and seeking first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. Then we jump to 1 Corinthians 15, where we unpack some of that a little bit more. Paul looks back at this idea of how do we handle death, back through the lens of the cross, and that was an angle that Solomon didn't quite have. He was wrestling with this idea of how to handle death, but he didn't have the the saving work of Jesus. And so he tells us in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, that therefore, because of the resurrection of Jesus, we can be steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in Christ, our labor is not in vain. And so what we were kind of teasing out is these uh, two investments that we can make in our life. The first is a worldly investment. We can build up storehouses and things this earth, possessions, uh, make a good career, live the good life, but uh, that won't pass the death test. Once we die, all of that passes away. But Jesus and Paul introduce us to investment two, which is how to store up treasures in heaven for us where uh, money bags can't be stolen and moth and rust can't uh, destroy. And so uh, we've been kind of trying to uh, wrestle with this idea of what does it look like for us in our day-to-day lives to be making investment two, as opposed to investment one. And so uh, we got some great questions about what we look like, what that looks like practically. And so um, hopefully Brooke can enlighten us on exactly what that looks like. So, but no, Brooke, I know that you've been wrestling with a lot of some of this too. I mean, you've been wrestling with cancer, which is not something that a lot of 20 year olds deal with. So for me, kind of this death test has been a very academic concept, but for you it's been very personal. So can you just walk us through uh, in your experience, what has it been like? How has grappling with death very personally affected how you live your day-to-day life?
0: Yeah. um, I think in so many senses, you know, when you hear something like the word cancer or or maybe death is just close to you or a form of suffering hits your life in a way that um, is unique and uh unexpected it really does kind of c- stop your whole life and you really what you're getting at this concept of what really matters begins to bubble up in your heart okay like man how how do i spend my moments like what what do i do with my mindless times what do i do with my days what am i doing with my life am i living for myself like and and the reason why i think this is uniquely uh you know, powerful for someone that's our age in our 20s um, is that we have a really hard time grasping and thinking in light of death. And I don't mean in a morbid way that we should all walk around fearful of that or, or, you know, depressed over the fact that we are all going to die. But we live as though we're invincible. We live mm-hmm. as though we're immortal um, because we're consistently thinking about our futures here, right? We're in the season where we're planning for who will we marry? Um, what job will we have? Where will we move? And um, what will we do with our lives? What Will, will we have kids? Will we not? Um, and so those things are good to think about, but we very rare, rarely recognize that that might not be here. And even if it all comes true, we don't have that long here. And so to really grasp as a young person that our lives are frail and short, it's hard for us. Um, Mm -hmm. Psalms actually encourages us to do that though. Psalms 90 says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And I think, um, you know, just with the journey over the past few months in my life, I would say that God has given me through suffering the ability to have some wisdom practically around, I mean, what does it look like to number my days, not out of fear, not an anxiety, but just to recognize everything I have in my life is not eternal. Um, even the most precious, dear things to me. And I have one thing that's eternal and that's Jesus. And so how can I live every moment of every day for him mm-hmm. and not waste my life? And And I'll say that the way I learned that was through suffering. And so I think we are really quick to want to run from things that are hard, mm-hmm. um, to want to run from our trials and maybe even despise God and the things that are difficult in our life and to, to not see that as a means of grace to us, like mm-hmm. our suffering, our pain can actually be a tool used by God to help us get this very concept, college Bible studies, studying in Ecclesiastes. Like this is how you learn this is when you visibly see, wow. This all can change in a moment. And none of this was meant to be God for me. None of this was meant to be Jesus and his all satisfying, beautiful power in my life. And that's what I learned. And I learned it through suffering. I learned it through the word cancer out of my doctor's mouth across the phone. I think we've got to not only start to live with death in mind, But to live not despising the hard parts of our life and saying, God, okay, when suffering comes, when trials come, and suffering is going to look different for everybody in various times, various degrees, um, various measures. But whatever that looks like in our lives, when it comes, when we're hit with something unexpected or we're disappointed with how the story of our life is going, we are able to press into God and these things well up out of us that we didn't even know were there. And we start to really believe who God is and what He's saying and what's important. And so um, I, I just want to encourage, you know, whatever you're walking through in the sense of something that you might not want, I would say stop looking at that as a means of, gosh, I just wish this this was different. I wish this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And more of a means of, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me and how can I learn and use this for your glory and ultimately my joy grow in that, which is amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as you're talking, I'm trying to take notes because I, I haven't had to wrestle with a lot of this stuff personally. So I'm thinking, gosh, how can I number my days as a 23 year old? How can I prepare myself for suffering? And Jesus gives us a few uh, tools to kind of diagnose ourself, uh that I think will make uh, stronger in the suffering. I, I don't think there's a way to fully prepare for it. Um, right. But 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 a few things that we can do. Jesus tells us, if, if you want to know, okay, what does it look like for me practically on my day-to-day life to live in light of death? We can use kind of this deathbed test of, is what I'm doing going to matter after death? And so just look at your life. Look at uh, the screen time on your phone. And Hey, would I spend time on that app if I knew that I was dying tonight? And and that's not to say that, um, every single second of every day needs to be spent sharing the gospel with someone. Uh, there's beauty in rest, there's beauty in fellowship. Uh, and we see even in Ecclesiastes, we're given permission to enjoy fellowship and enjoy work. Um, you know, that, that's another big concept is, um, it's something we actually recovered at the reformation, the goodness of work. Even mm-hmm. if uh, we were to die tonight uh, there is uh, a joy and um, a redemptive nature in just doing good old fashioned work, whether you're a welder or a farmer or an investment banker mm-hmm. or a milkmaid uh, as um Luther famously quoted that God does his work through the milking of the milkmaid. So uh, there's goodness in work, but but I think it would be clarifying for a lot of us to really look at our lives and, and say, hey, is the way I'm spending my time eternally meaningful? Jesus mm-hmm. got at some of this saying that uh, right around Luke 12, the parable of the manager who wasn't Uh, prepared for the return of the owner. And he said, you know, the owner is going to come back like a thief in the night and the good and faithful manager, he will find uh, doing what he's supposed to. And so are are we prepared for the return of Jesus? Will he find us being faithful, doing his work? Um, or, or if, if death calls us home, will we be found faithful? So, um, Looking, looking at how we're spending our time, and then looking at how we spend our possessions. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, "Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." And so I've just been thinking about it this week. Like, you know, they say there's an app for everything, and I realized there's an app for finding out where our idols are. Did y'all know this? I have it on my phone. Uh, it's called it's called Mint, and it tracks my finances. Uh. <laughs> it plugs in with my debit that's card. That's right. Plugs in with my debit card, and I can go through and I can see the categories where I'm spending. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, you can look on Mint. You yeah. can see where your money is, and that's where your heart is as well. Right. So, so here's here's um, a very practical way. You want to know where your treasure is. You want to know which life you're living for. Um, just just look at your. Uh, finances and so like, like you mentioned I've been learning a lot about thankfulness and gratitude um, I, I think that's that's the final way that we can really in this present moment enjoy the gifts that we have been given it's a very Ecclesiastes concept to, to enjoy fellowship, enjoy work um, find the joy in the moment because we really understand that none of it is owed to us, all we are owed is death mm-hmm. and everything else we, we get is a bonus and I think when we work from that concept right. it really will transform
0: how we live you know I would say the prayer, maybe that would be helpful as you listen to this and you, you know, study this book that you really just say, God, whatever it takes, I am willing because there's nothing that's more dangerous to us than our own sinful flesh, Mm -hmm. our own tendencies to want to take our lives and ruin it by giving our time and our money and our thoughts and our love to things that will fail us. Mm -hmm. Um, and that those things become our ultimate things. And so, yeah, I would say pray that prayer. And then when God answers, no matter what it is, you know, you have time to, to wrestle with God. And the idea of suffering is another concept for another day, but whatever comes as an answer to that prayer, trust him. That if you were God, you would make the decisions he made because Mm -hmm. you don't know what he knows. And so I would just say, let him chisel things out of you. Let him prune you in a way that um, changes you and allows this concept to really not just stay in your head, but move to your heart. And that's Mm going to look different for everybody Mm -hmm. in in every way. Yeah.
1: I think one passage that can wrap all of this up is uh, 1 Timothy 6. Uh, 17 through 19 says, as for the rich in this present age, and I would argue that's all of us uh, here today, um, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. So here's a very similar concept to Ecclesiastes in Luke 12. Um, But set their hopes on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. So so we are charged to enjoy. um, Mm -hmm. They are to do good, to be rich in good works. So so there's our, our charge, be rich in good works. To be generous and ready to share. So so look at our lives. Are we generous? Would, would the people around us mark us as generous? Would that be one of the first words they use to describe us? Ready to share the storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future. So there's that investment too, storing up for the future so that they may take hold of that, which is truly life. Mm. And I think inevitably we, we will fail in this. Yeah. Um, we will not perfectly do this, uh, but we have our hope in someone who perfectly made investment yeah. too. We have one person who perfectly looked towards his death and did everything in light of uh, making an investment for eternity, and he made that investment for us. So when we fail in our generosity, when we fail in our gratitude, when we fail in our treasure being in the wrong place, we return again and again to the person who uh, perfectly made the eternal investment and perfectly did the work of his father um, and was the good and faithful manager. Um, And there is grace for us uh, and that empowers us to go and and live in a way that uh, puts eternity in our hearts.
0: That's awesome. hope you guys found that helpful and insightful. Um, we will be gathering again this Sunday at 9 a.m. for College Bible Study going through Ecclesiastes 4. And we hope to see you guys there. See you guys next week.